On Second Shot, we tackle two new headlines every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And we want you to be a part of that. When you see a headline you want to take a second shot at, or if you're looking for advice, or just want to tell us what you think of the show, email us at secondshotcast at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, rate us on iTunes. This helps us move up in the ratings so more people will see us. And if you want to hear more, subscribe to the show so that the new episodes will get straight to you every single Friday. We love you. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Heath Oaks is a millennial mogul whose ignorance on fire led him to fail his way to success. Jenny Anchando is an Emmy award-winning journalist whose sharp eye and biting wit have led to her storied career in television. Together, they tackle today's headlines in a way only an odd couple with a dash of perfect opposite can. So kick back, relax, and join the conversation. This is Second Shot with your hosts, Heath and Jenny. So I, I got something that you all will find probably pretty funny, and, and it's for those who don't know, Brighton is, is our daughter. Um, I had a couple weeks back had my big kickoff meeting with, with everybody from across my territory and stuff, and um, you know, the meeting typically starts at 9, 9.30 in the morning. We go to about 3, 3.30, and, and um, then I had break there, but then we do a manager's meeting and, and fun night and dinner with the managers that night. So it was um, Jenny. It wasn't very far from actually where we live, so... Jenny was going to, and I was going to be able to see Brighton all day long at all. So because like, it was early until yeah. late, so and yeah. he's always saying, "Hey, bring her by," but usually it's during nap time or I have something else going on or whatever. So I said, "Hey, this is actually a perfect time if you guys have a slot." Yeah, there's a lot of people across territory who like to meet her and stuff. So I said, "Bring you, you bring her up there right there at the end, about three thirty is when we should be wrapping up." Yeah, um, and so also around you know three fifteen or so is where I've got I've got a you know I always put together a pretty a closing like speech to try to hopefully be something that can inspire and like you know really people. like solidify their goals for yeah, the yeah, year and just and try to inspired, really yeah. you know get them wanting to go right so i'm like you know have that kind of motivational kind of closing speech right yeah and and i'm i'm dead in the middle of it and i'm i'm going at it closing out them and all of a sudden i hear dada dada hi dada it's hi dada, dada. Hi, like, dada. because it's quiet in the room besides hi, me right <laughs> you know and i mean and there's it's a room of 200 people or so so but it's quiet besides me yeah and all of a sudden i hear dada hi dada 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 and then i hear screaming because jenny's walking out like oh my god walking out and she's and yeah. I, was, well, I was like i, I, I can't like look at her she oh, might man. have knocked you off your path a little because you, you guys he was well, really yeah, coming dada. right how, to how the, could she not right yeah. to the you know the the peak of the speech yeah two worlds colliding um it was the cutest thing so in the world oh, to hear sure. dada dada hi dada <laughs> she had literally zero clue Aww. that there was any you know it was just like she didn't know anybody dada. else was in there i see dada i could care less dad's on stage it was the cutest thing in the world and she got to hang out with everybody and then that night we had we did casino night and stuff and we do a cool deal where we like um with the manager's stuff like i had we had about you know seven eight thousand dollars worth of electronic prizes 16 17 of them everybody got like chips to play casino night for like two hours and then they have to turn in their chips and the top 17 people who won the most you know fake money chips got to pick of the 17 so whoever won the most got to pick the first of the 17 prizes and then oh, the man. second stuff and it was really cool yeah, TVs, TVs and Beats by Dre drones oh, Xboxes yeah, Playstation Dre? everything yeah. it was cool oh. it was cool man cool cool good prizes <laughs> yeah yeah good prizes I know every, I just thought I'd let everybody know that I thought that was funny every year I talk about buying a Playstation I need to figure out how to get in on this casino night right. that's, that's <laughs> what <laughs> money's at yeah, yeah, what exactly. am I doing yeah, yeah. Oh, what, what we got up first speaking Zach? of money uh, this is an unconventional way a Kansas woman is making $80 per hour as a professional 
cuddler. A Kansas woman's job is to cuddle, which is part of a growing movement of touch-based therapy. I, well, hold on. Please. Reread that. Yeah. Are you being serious? A Kansas woman's job is to cuddle. Not in general, just this one woman, uh, which is part of a growing movement of touch-based therapy. Robin Marie said she wants to bring people closer together and become a professional cuddler. It means her job is to comfort, nurture, and soothe. Marie said the experience is strictly platonic. Uh, I really believe in the power... Heath, come on now. This is a, this is a real job. I'm yeah. trying. He, I really believe, she said, I really believe in the power of touch and how it can really heal people. It can be as simple as me sitting on the couch, just sitting next to someone. It can be holding hands with someone all the way to where we're laying horizontal on a bed and we're spooning. Marie has been involved in the therapeutic touch for more than a year, Matt, uh, and is certified <laughs> yeah. through a website called Cuddlist. Uh, she has 30 clients ranging in age from 20 to 75 years old, 80 bucks an hour. 30 clients, that adds up, guys. Uh, and, and we have a, a quote from a client, Amy Thompson, a new client, said she believed the contact can help with understanding consent. There's this huge consent crisis where people don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying, Matt, Heath. I, there's this huge consent crisis where people don't know how to explicitly communicate with each other. Uh, being in a safe space, like with what Robin does, could be extraordinarily beneficial to myself and anyone. Amy's 27. That's it's right around my age. Um, <laughs> professional cuddler, eighty dollars an hour, Kansas. Heath, what do you got? Always a way to make money in this world. Oh, that I is true. This. Everybody that want to talk about, oh, I can't find work, can't find a job. I mean, this is the pro typical choice of. There's a way to make money somehow, some way, and yeah. there are a lot of ways that I can go down this and make a lot of jokes and and all of those good of things. Yeah. Um, but what I'm gonna do is 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 because I can go the childish route. Um, Turn it over to Ginny's second shot, which is a little less childish than mine. Yeah, so my second <laughs> shot on this, I know, I know, I know, I know, you guys, I know. No, I you're, the, you're the one person but that didn't laugh during here's that. You the did thing. great. Well, she cuddles her rock every night. Because I, the rock exactly. just doesn't get $80 an hour. You guys missed yeah. it on the last episode. You'll have to go back to episode 101 where I talked about the rock. Yes. Um, okay, I think this, my second shot on this, is there is a need for human touch. We're not kind enough to each other we don't i don't think we've given each other enough hugs i mean when we're looking for education for our daughter we've been touring preschools i'm going for the school that embraces her with warmth now this school is not the one necessarily that's going that you know that they're saying oh well all of our preschoolers end up uh you know at harvard but feeling loved and feeling um embraced is something really special and unique and it's shown by this woman having a business where people want to cuddle um so i i think whether it's in a you know a relationship uh you, you know what i mean like a, a marriage or a relationship or even a friend you know where something happens i think that we, we got into this weird space where especially you know at work and i understand the, the reasons for that you know where, where certain types of touch are not allowed if someone is your friend it's okay if they're okay with it to love on them, you know, to even even if it's if it's a handshake in a professional situation, if it's a friend you've known for ten years, to give them a hug. I mean, I think that those things is, are um, are lost in the way that humans need affection and attention, and, and, more, and, these, and that's what these so, people are paying for is attention mm -hmm. and, and um, someone feeling like someone's close to them. And when you say because one of the things she said there was connection, I think it's connection more than anything, you know, and and that. Um, you know, some people's uh, you know touch to them is not connection, right? And 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 true. And, and so, yes, and not so everybody I, likes that. I think it's more so of of connecting with people is a big need, and and I think it's so important. You know, if you're uh, running a, a team of people or your spouse is is super important, you need to do those tests 
a personality type test. Um, you know, like the the husband wife, the the classic one is um, the uh, love languages, mm-hmm. right? That, the the love languages to understand and know that because it's super critical. I mean, Jenny and I just recently with, with stuff is that sometimes I'm one that um, I my kind of pulling back is 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 pulling back and really like shutting off. You know, it's it's my um, it's kind of my recharge almost, right? Right. Um, and and you know, I thought I was listening to Jenny. She did not feel me listening to her at all, and so she wasn't feeling connected because I wouldn't, I wasn't, I was not listening to what she felt it should be. And so, what was funny is until she told me that, and I realized that I went, oh my god, I'm forgetting that you're right. Like that is um, where I, I didn't realize that I was in the wrong. But be, the reason we were able to correct that so quickly is because we. We know each other's personalities in those ways very well to know what each other needs for that connection. You know, I if if she doesn't listen to me, that's not going to, like, um, cut my connection wire. That's just not how I'm wired, okay? But everybody is done is differently in that. And I think it's so critically important for you and your spouse to know each other's kind of languages in that area to make sure you are utilizing them properly and then your team i do a 360 leadership with people on my team all the time uh, probably once a year where they do this anonymous surveys and stuff on on different things that way it tells me um in areas that i'm doing well at or not and then i also know these idi tests that that tell me their passions their strengths and all this stuff so i know where to lead people at because connection is critical you know um look i if I need connection, I'm definitely never hiring a cuddler. That's far from my connection thing, okay? <laughs> well, but I, wouldn't you be sad if I needed a connection and I hired a cuddler when you could do that for me? To, to your point about figuring yeah, yeah. out what do I, people need. For sure, You yes. know, like, what do people need? What, what do your employees need? What does your spouse need? What yeah. does you your, have to you know? know that, and it's different. The connection people get, like she said, sometimes it's not cuddling. It's just sitting there with them, right? Some people just need to be heard out. It, but that's what you've got to know. Don't you agree that that's, that's the thing is whether it's your spouse or your employees and stuff, you can't go off of what you think triggers you and that if that works for everybody because it doesn't. Now, what's that test? Well, there's an IDI test, mm-hmm. I-D-I, mm-hmm. Um, the, the love languages test, um, you know, and then there's that um, that ENFJ. ENFJ. What's Wait, that? we're both that. Yeah, yeah. And what's that called? Um, uh, Myers-Briggs. Briggs. Myers-Briggs is a good one to do. So Myers-Briggs, Myers-Briggs. an IDI test. Um, and, and I then think the, you can do those for free online yeah. often or for very low cost. We yeah. did Myers-Briggs with my uh, second ever co-anchor. Yeah. We had come from two different positions. He had been a sports director uh-huh. at the same TV station for years. He had a ton of experience. I only had about four years of experience and had only done uh, hard news. And so we did that to kind of figure out how we can be, because we were going to be on the anchor desk as opposed to out you know him doing sports media and reporting yeah so we did that to kind of figure out how we can have you know get along and have natural chemistry and because it's a really it's a work relationship the the love language is is one of the most basic really important kind of starting points i think for a couple Mm -hmm. because it does tell what you know it's it's basically saying what what the what um what is the trigger for connection for your spouse you know because some may be um listening some may be giving gifts some may be receiving you know there's all kinds of things and it's a really great way because it's so important to know what that is real quick you you lost me in the abbreviations these are relationship tests personality tests for relationships the the myers-briggs is more of a personality test to figure Compatibility. out. Compatibility. Yes. Okay. Yes. So like people that you work with often or 
a partner or something like that. Heath and I happen to have the same one, which is kind of weird. And I would almost like to retake it now because it's been years since I've done it. So why don't we do do this for the next for the next episode? Yeah, Zach and Matt, y'all go and take the Myers Briggs. Oh no! For you, since you two work a lot with each other, take it. Okay. Jenny and I will retake the Myers Briggs, Uh and on the next podcast on that third segment, let's talk about our because I honestly believe a. If 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 you understand your colleagues or your spouse better, uh-huh. your relationships with all of them will get better because it's the how you how you come at things. You're you're spending you're going up uphill with with no with with no help at all unless you know that route to go. So I think that would be really cool. You want y'all up for that? I'm into that little homework. My parents are yeah, school I'll teachers. I'll take a test. I'll, I'll ace <laughs> that thing. I'll do it. I'll, I'll get a hundred. And then maybe we come back. And maybe we we can see if Zach and Matt can get in the cuddling business with each other. Or something. <laughs> we'll be back in the, hey, the second segment of Second Shot. Makes up words, she translates them. Heath and Jenny host more of Second Shot coming up on RNCN. Ignorance on Fire, a journey of failing your way to success. It is time for you to finally go get my book. You can get it in a hard copy. You can get it through reading it on your iPad or your Kindle. And you can also get it with this beautiful redneck voice of mine in audiobook style at audible.com or anything like that. So amazon.com, you can download the Kindle or paper and you can get it on the audiobook style. You've been hearing us talk about it forever and you've been trying to sit there and tell your friends, I'm going to get it one day. Today is the day. Go get it. And it will change your life. Get after it today. Ignorance on Fire, a journey of failing your way to success written by none other than myself. Thank you. Love you. And go pick it up today. Stop. Go now. Ready? Aim. Fire. Second Shot is back for another round on RNCN. All I can think about is, you know, the people that hire for cuddling that, that are just I just I'm just sorry I can't go there I, I don't I, I, I really want to go childish Matt I just, just want to don't go funny. just move I on I'm, babe. Try, I'm trying move on I'm a little I can't. I'm, I'm a little surprised by the age bracket there people are like 25 are doing this I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm because your 20s, like I said you people are lacking human connection yeah they I, are, I mean this is think, obvious I would especially think probably younger people are lacking connection because you're so tied into social media communicating stuff. with people yeah. digitally Tinder, right? that's true. Yeah. totally yeah. Matt Hmm. That's true. All right. Well, our second headline for the show, uh, a sports headline, but I think I kind of get this one. This one's in pretty layman's terms, so so here we go. Let's see. I was definitely asking Heath seconds before this segment started, how do I pronounce this? Dabo? Dabo? Dabo Sweeney? Sweeney? That's fine. Dabo Sweeney. Dabo Sweeney. All right. Every, every, okay. Every February, when the snowpack in Colorado is nearing its highest levels of the season, Dabo Sweeney takes his staff to Vail. Like the plot of some cheesy 80s movie, uh, they lock in their skis and they hit the slopes. Swinney pays for everything. The vacation is a post-National Signing Day retreat for coaches and a chance for everyone to decompress when everyone can relax and recharge the battery. Families of the coaches enjoy the vacation. For many on the staff, it's the highlight of the year. The ski, ski trip's a good example of Dabo's ability to create a specific type of corporate culture within his coaching staff. It's more familial than professional. Dabo's built a football program centered around family for his assistants and fun for his players. It's no coincidence, given the option to leave Clemson's staff for other opportunities, many of Dabo's assistants have chosen to stay. Now compare that to Alabama. Nick Saban cultivates a different type of working environment than his main rival in college football. At Alabama, coaches endure working for Saban. At Clemson, coaches enjoy working for Swinney. 
So let's not get it twisted. The implication here is that Alabama has a toxic culture for assistance. Uh, implication isn't that Alabama has a toxic culture for assistance. Alabama has a culture of turning assistants into head coaches. But still, maybe Alabama's coach Saban could learn something from Dabo in this instance instead of the other way around. These are the two superpowers in college football, and they have completely different approaches to leadership. So let me make some things clear about that article yeah. in, and, and understand this. I'm I'm not a fan of neither one. I literally have no dog. I, either one. Really? Whatever. I make it why up. Did I, why did I think you were a Bama fan? No, God no. Okay. Hook them horns. I must have gotten no. flipped at some point. I I um I respect both of what they have achieved. Okay, but let's not get things twisted. Yeah. Dabo's not on Nick's level yet. Nick Saban has six titles, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's not. I mean, Dabo's got two. Let let's. Dabo's great. Don't get me wrong. But the person who wrote that article was obviously probably a Clemson fan. Okay, uh, it was a very much so swaying to it, and I would say I don't believe that most of the the all of the people who work for Saban, um, quote unquote, endure working for him, because they all go on to get the best, highest paid head coaching jobs because they were part of that organization. Okay, right. so, um, you know that's it's very uh, it. You can't biased. really say that. I mean, and yeah. Nick Saban still has a lot more results. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, right? It shows. Now, me, if I wanted to go work, but what I know with both of them, I would rather go work for Dabo Sweeney. Okay. Um, you know, I'm gonna, uh, but I, you can't discount and act like it, it's a. You know, Alabama's not a. You know, a lot of the everybody that leaves Alabama, it, they all say it was a great experience. They learned a lot, and it was all of those good things. Alabama puts more people in the NFL, the whole nine yards. Now, people that are with Dabo would kill for him. There's a different that is so. So my my really pull of those two versus the you know keeping head coaches around or not which i don't think is accurate is more so that Dabo sweeney is the guy in the locker room at the end doing the newest you know craze dance with his players right. you know letting loose having fun taking his people to veil and all that nick saban is extremely disciplined he is no there is no fluff there is no nothing he is down to business do your job, we all win, etc. The reason that works is because of his record. They win. You know, it, it, you can't, it's hard to ever discount anything when you win like that, right? Right. Dabo's also works for him and for them, right? And it's more so about, I can tell you this though, which leadership style will endure the tough times, I can almost guarantee you would be Dabo Sweeney's. Nick Saban Everybody goes through it, and no matter you know, he's not gonna he he he's not gonna build that connection with people. He's not gonna be no. A his his employees all have professional cuddlers. Yeah, they, they have need no it. human connection. <laughs> they don't. Not with him at all. Okay, and 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 so I'm definitely as a leader myself, and more of a Dabo Sweeney type of leader. Okay, yeah. um, and and I look at it more so to think it's on whichever one you are to make sure that lines up with what you want. Um, your brand to be and who you are your legacy to be right nick saban is 100 okay with that because you know what he'll tell you i made a lot of young men a lot of young boys men they all made it to the nfl they got their shots you know he did a lot of good things and that's what all he cares about Dabo sweeney is like i want people to love me i want to love them i want them to know that you know there's mm-hmm. a difference of how it is so it's just understanding what you want that legacy to be and make sure you're doing you're doing the actions that what you say your legacy needs to be. Yeah, and I think really my second shot on this is is something similar to that in that 
Um, sometimes we see one leader in one style, maybe they're even in our industry and we think that's the way it that's has the to only, be, yeah. but it's not the only way it has to be. And that's what I love about this article yep. is that it really distinguishes the two types of leadership or, you know, a two of the many types of leadership. And so if you have somebody that you're looking up to in your industry, just make sure that their sort of inside and, and heart and spirit align with yours if you're going to try to follow that path. Because once you know yourself and what you really believe in, then you're, I mean, you're unstoppable in terms of what you can influence and accomplish. But if you're trying to be, like if I'm trying to be the <laughs> Nick Saban, that's just, you know, it, it, people, not work. people would be able to tell that that's not me and they're not going to listen to me. And when I try to come down hard, they're gonna run away. He has that type of influence because to his core, that seems to be the person he is. So he also knows his stuff and his work ethic and everything, but that's the whole, that's part of the whole package is him being tough. So if I tried that, my influence would not go very far. I think what you just made was a perfect point, and I love this. Well, I think. I really do. No, I love this because this is what, you're, you're so right. People will go into an industry and see somebody in that industry, they, they, they only, you only see what you see, right? And yep. you see that per- that person is super successful in your company or whatever, and they do it this one way, and you think, okay, that's the way I got to do it. But that's not who you are, so you try to do it, and then you figure out why, why you can't ever be successful. This, You're correct. This story sets out the perfect thing is that if you need to be you and figure out maybe that person that's most successful, think of the things that they do that you go, you know what, that is me. I can implement mm-hmm. some of those important things, but I can't be Saban or I can't be the devil, right? Like I'm like you're you. You're you, which and, is awesome. And, and I think this is a great story to say. Look, these are total opposites, but yet they're both successful, mm-hmm. and they're both being them, and that's why it works so well. You know, they are being them. But I will tell you, at the end of the day, the the Nick Saban style versus the Dabo Sweeney style, the the hardcore. You know, drill instructor, the, you know, I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to just Dictator do whatever. That, you know, that of type you. of thing, okay? That only works in good times. Let me tell you something. If you have a team of people and you're hard nosed, whatever, and y'all still get your results, that's great. But when things get rocky, those people will not go the extra mile for you, and then it goes downhill. If you're Dabo Sweeney, let me tell you something. When things are rocky, those people ain't bailing off that ship. Those people are grabbing oars, and they are rowing together to keep that thing afloat. And I think that's what the difference of these two leadership styles is, that it's not about that result. It's about when things get rough, which leadership style will endure people the most, and it's, it's the other one. That's my personal mm-hmm. opinion. Now, understand, I respect Nick Saban. I respect what he does and how he does. It's almost impossible to have the record. Like I believe there was something though that it's like eight years in a row of being in the national championship. I mean, like like that's you can't even like that's not something to gloss over. It works, okay. I just believe me personally. I don't want my legacy to be I never made connections with people. That's my personal belief. Mm-hmm. That's not right or wrong, right? That's just my personal belief. I'm not saying Nick Saban's wrong. Obviously, he wins a lot, right? And he puts a lot of people in the NFL. They put more players in the NFL and get them paid more than anybody else. So, I mean, you know, they win the most. But I, I, I like your idea that I love that thought and look of that, you know, you a lot of times you look at that one person and think you got to be that one way because that's what you see the success is. This story is a perfect reminder 
that it is not about that one way. There are other ways, but you got to stay true to mm-hmm. you and yourself in the first play. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but it, it takes... If, you, if you're somebody who knows yourself truly, 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 and you're young in your life, you are so gifted and, and blessed because it takes people a very long time to figure out. And I, I really think that when you find out who you are, it's like this whole new gold mine and spark, and it's amazing. The hard thing is getting to that place yeah. where you know where you are. Um, so, so, you know, we're all kind of on some spectrum of that journey, I suppose. And, that, and that's what I'd say more than anything else. When you look at this, there are other ways. So if you're trying to make yourself something that you're not because you've only seen that one way of doing it, maybe look at it and go, what are some of the things that I know that are me that that person does and model that, but while keeping the other stuff being true who do you true to who you are? And I promise you, being true to who you are will ultimately win the most in the end. So we'll be back in a minute on the third segment of Second Shot. That's what I call ignorance on fire. More of Heath and Jenny still to come. To all of my friends in the great state of Texas, if you have not taken advantage, I have a way to save you a ton of money. I have saved over about $3,000 in the last year, and I have no hassle. Go to energyogre.com, put in the promo code Second Shot. Now listen, promo code Second Shot, and you're going to get a free month just for signing up and saving a ton of money. So don't be crazy. Stop sitting around talking about is this the real deal and go do it right now. Energyogre.com, promo code second shot in a free month. Thanks. Go get it now. Run. Kick off your boots or suit up. The choice is yours. Welcome back to Second Shot on RNCN. I love uh, what, what, you know, we, we were talking off air, and then Zach asked this question, and I'm like, wait, you got to hold, we got to do that in the third right. segment. So, um, for everybody that knows, in the, the, the third segment, we typically will take different um, listener um, um, emails questions, or reviews. questions or stuff that's gone on in the Second Shot Facebook group. And I, w- I will bring up this one real quick just to go over it really fast, which yeah, is yeah. Roy Jeffords, who's a good friend of mine who actually co- Shout uh, out help, to help, uh, wrote, wrote, helped me write the book. Um, he said, if y'all hadn't already planned it, I really want to hear y'all's take on that, um, the deal that happened at the White House with the right. Big Macs and cheese when Clemson went to visit and, and, and there was Burger King, Burger and, Wendy's King and, and Wendy's and McDonald's. all that stuff. Honestly, I, I don't have a take on it. I, I, I don't <laughs> I don't have a clue about yeah. the story, really. Y'all, y'all told me a little bit, and I, I guess people are turning it to a political thing of, you know, it's Donald Trump giving them fast food to eat, and some say, well, it's a government shutdown thing and all that. And honestly, Roy, I ain't. I, I don't have a clue because I don't know what was behind that. And I think right. that's a typical story that people don't know the full thing, that maybe Dabo Sweeney and Donald Trump had a joke uh, before the White House deal was something about McDonald's, and that's, you know, who knows? I don't know. Yeah, yeah It's very hard to discuss that headline without getting political, and we don't do that on the yeah. show. So, yeah. um, But also shout out to Roy for being such an involved member of the Roy's second, awesome. shot, Roy, second yeah. shot family. Right. All the Roy, you rock. I Yeah, I think people... You know, sometimes we get headlines like this and people write in. And I'm glad we can talk about them on the show. But yeah, I think people think uh, part of the reason we avoid them is because, well, we just don't want to be political on the show. No, it's because you guys, like, genuinely just don't have time for it. Like, yeah, you're busy. I'm, you're yeah. rocking and rolling, man. You're, you guys are making it Stuff's happen. Stuff's happening. Like, who can keep up with those kind of headlines? But 
Yeah, but I, I, I thought that was. I mean, I just thought it was I funny. That there was like a bunch yeah. of fast yeah, food. Yeah, it was stuff. a big it's headline. Hilarious. Yeah, it was uh, a big headline. It was the picture. You know, when it when there's a yeah. imagery like that, yeah. it definitely gets people's attention. So, so before we get right into what I had been talking about, two things. One, I'd like to formally announce that I have made the clock go on for every segment of this Ooh. recording session. I know. Someone is having an awesome start to 2019. I I know. I was so excited. I spilled coffee on my second shot shirt. So if anybody anybody knows how to get coffee out out of a white shirt, uh, secondshotcast at gmail.com. Write us in. Let me know. Uh, I'm going to need the help. Oh, gosh. That being said, yes, what I was asking about, I I wanted to know what you guys thought. Can you shame everybody real quick? Uh, let's let's oh, into writing a review. Oh, a writing yeah. a review on iTunes, well, because Google Play, we know we have a, had a massive increase in listens and watches yeah. and subscribers. Let me d- let me take a crack at shaming people. Can okay. I please? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'd love right. to see right. Zach listen, shaming. Listen, listen, you 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 goons. All right, <laughs> we've we've been doing this show a long time, and it's a lot of fun. But we we need some help. All right, if there's anything we need, it's from you guys. So do us a solid. Hit us a ra- hit us a rating. Uh, like us. Throw us a good god. This whole film. Did I just have a stroke? I lo- I- <laughs> hit us with a. Ra- rating and review and Matt help me out here like like uh, Zach right, like one it. of Zach's most uncomfortable moments in life would be shaming anything because yeah, he's he like the nicest it. person he's like don't do he that you guys go there what he's trying but to y'all say get is the picture now. if you yeah. guys like the show um, you can go to search second shot and wherever you listen to podcasts second shot with Jenny and Heath um, and if you think it's five star worthy give it five stars if you have something to say to us leave it in the comments uh, the whole point of doing that it's not to boost our confidence it actually what it does is we do this show really as a service because we want to uplift people we want to motivate people we want to inspire people and if we move up in the rankings then more people are able to see it and learn about it yeah also share it share it one person that's all you have to do that doubles our audience right If if you all share it with one person Somebody who hasn't heard it before, I'm sure there's somebody in your life that hasn't heard it that you think might like it, so just there's, share it once. There's somebody out there who would listen to our, our, our former, just past segment on, about leadership and be like, oh my God, like that somebody somewhere, this matters, yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah, you'd be surprised. What I was asking about during the break. Yes, uh, tell us. I, I want to know how you feel about this phrase, because I've been hearing this a bit lately, and, and I, it's something I ruminate on, and I, I don't know how to feel about it. The, the phrase is, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Mm-hmm. All right. It's a lot to run on there. And and I, I on the one hand I get it. The idea is that you can't you can't be meticulous about everything. If you are, you'll never get anything done. Right? Yep. You can't you can't get everything to be perfect always. You sometimes you just have to roll with what you got. But then I listened to a story about uh, our Blue Angel friend from the last episode, mm-hmm. John. That don't John remember. Foley. John Foley. And you talk about being like the point zero zero one percent. I'm like you have to be perfect or real close, and you have to be willing to acknowledge when you're not. Where do we land on this? I think you always got to look at almost all of those things and understand it's all, it's all, there's always a dichotomy to deal with mm-hmm. in any of these type of scenarios, right? Um, look, I don't want my doctor, when he's doing open heart surgery on me, to be good. Okay? Yeah. I want him to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now... If you're sitting there miserable in your job, you got a great talent at building furniture, let's just say, and you hate what you do, you really want to sell your furniture and build it full-time and all that, but, you know, you're just sitting there going, oh, well, it's not quite there. I need to get this done, get that done, you know? Sometimes perfect is your enemy. You just, you're good. Go go sell furniture. Go put it out there, and you're going to figure it out and get better as you go, right? Yeah. Those are the two dichotomies, and that's what a lot of people will take quotes or sayings and try to think that that can apply to everything. Look, I don't want my doctor doing open heart surgery being good. I want him being perfect. Okay? Yeah. I don't want the blue ink. I don't want my pilot being good. I want him being perfect, right? Yeah, okay, so 
Um, I think it's more so to understanding in what point they are, right? Like it's it's more of that. Look, it, that person jumping off and quitting their job and being to actually go further in their furniture business, for instance, them not being perfect is not going to harm them and hurt anybody else, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's going to give them a lot. So it's it's understanding where you are and what you're trying to do to whether or not, you know, a, a two-foot miss as a blue angel can kill everybody in that deal. That's a little bit different than, yeah. than jumping off of the deep end. So I think it's always to understand the context of... And, and, and what you're doing to where those things can be. Yeah, pick your battles. And, yeah. and understand what good means to you yeah. versus to other people, right? Well, and what the scenario is. It's, it's all about that context. I mean, it, it, like you said, it's um, if you do an open art surgery, you need to be perfect. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. But most of us are not. Mm-hmm. Most of us are not flying a Blue Angel fighter jet. Right. Or giving open heart surgery. That's and just the reality. You're also not being expected to represent the Navy or yeah. save somebody's life. Like yes. That makes sense, I guess. Yeah. So the perfect, the, you know, there's a lot of people that will um, will use, well, it's just not there. It's not perfect to come up to uh, be an excuse for their procrastination, really. Yeah. You know, and that's what I think. And for it not really achieving yes. their goals. And not achieve. That's what I think it really speaks to the most is the people that really are procrastinating and using well they don't have all their ducks in the row as an excuse and look I, everything i've almost ever done i've never had my ducks in the row i just jumped off the pond or jumped off that deck and just went after it and i figured out all of it along the way right but i wasn't performing open heart surgery or or um flying 800 miles an hour two foot from somebody you know what i mean like i yeah. that, like that that's the difference is um i learned more by i know how i learn and my learn is I've got to do it. I got to put my hands in it. I've got to. I've got to go after it that way, because that's just me. And, and too many people let the perfect be the enemy of be good. Be the enemy mm-hmm. of the good. Jenny, what do you think? I have on my my Instagram bio, you know, where you're supposed to put like your job title or what you do well. Uh huh. <laughs> retired perfectionist. Because okay. Because I, I, I you're retired. I am <laughs> retired. I used well, to be very thanks for perfect. telling your husband News. first. Yeah, hey. <laughs> <laughs> because I want that to be a reminder to myself of how far I've come with regard to that um, specific uh, aspect of my life. Because I would say that w- way, way, way back in the day, like 20 years ago, I was very um, perfectionistic and um, just just all those qualities that go along with it which end up being as a person very dull and very boring and very uninspired because perfectionism is in a box um that's not where creativity happens there's no creativity within the box of perfectionism and so i think that once i allowed that box to open up uh my creativity could flow my career found more success once i was able to just be myself but yes i know babe i still i think i can still tend toward that and tend toward holding off on things until they're right but um but I think there's also, a, uh, I hold myself to a high standard. So holding yourself to a high standard is very different than perfectionism. Perfectionism, I believe, involves comparing yourselves to others because where's what's the standard for perfectionism? Yep. If it's not you, you must be looking to someone else. And again, we go back to that segment we just talked about and, and, and figuring out who you are. Yeah. So perfectionism is based on a standard someone else set out that you're trying to push yourself into. So that's the part I'm retired from. I'm retired from trying to be someone who is not me. So holding myself to the highest standard is something that I will maintain. Um, But this goes uh, along lines and and moms and dads will maybe relate to this as well. I think you think, oh, you know, you know, I'll just kind of let this whole parenting thing happen and see what, what flows and you get into it and you realize the decisions you make are very important. So there's a difference between holding yourself to a high standard and thinking you have to be a 
perfect parent because again again just just hear it again perfectionism is based on someone else's standard and someone else's bo box you're their chosen parent you're the person who gets to raise that child so whatever you do hold yourself to a high standard and then let the you know the perfectionism go because that's only based on somebody else's parenting style so did we answer your question or make it more complicated? <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, that one. I, that one quote. I think it's an awesome quote. Uh, yeah. I think it's great. I, I think. I, yeah. I won't, yeah. I think we, it's a great quote. We've talked about it on the show before. I'm, I'm one of those people that like I I want things to be perfect. Like, and if it takes a long time and I gotta stay late or come in early to make it happen, like I'll do it. Like I, I want things to be awesome and like that. It's difficult for me to find my standard amongst other places, you know, and 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 where I'm working or what project I'm working on, personal or professional. Like it's 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 challenging, but I find frustration in that quote because I, I think I don't I don't I don't get it, you know. And yeah. you, get, you guys get it. Maybe in a way it's that just not your so quote I, to, to post not. on your wall. Like no. you don't have to Instagram that quote. Yeah. You know what? You can just let it fly down the. You know what a good barometer can be for you on that is? Yeah. Is on whatever you're doing. Is it really the end of the world if good is out there that you learn how to get better to that perfect? Mm -hmm. um, is it going to really do any harm or will it, can it possibly do that versus, you know, if you put it out there good, could it be like detrimental, right? You know, I mean, sure. that could be a good barometer to say, maybe I'm trying to be perfect. You know, maybe I'm, I'm letting that be the enemy. So let's just put it out there, right? But, you know, if you do an open heart surgery, maybe that's one of those things you go, ah, let's not just see if good works. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, success is happiness, right? Yeah. All, all that truly matters at the end is, is how we feel. It's, we can't take any of it with us. It's just how we felt when we were doing it. And if I feel like I put something out that isn't quite what I want, if there's something in that I'm like, no, that's not right. I don't like that. Like, even if other people like it, if I don't feel good about it, what was the point? But if it never well, gets out there, then you're it never right. Does I know. Yeah, like that's the. Mm, so but yeah. also, but you're holding yourself to a certain standard too, and that's okay because because now you're doing a double beat down. Right. Because you're mad because you didn't release the thing because it wasn't good enough. Right. You know, so so you can't do a double beat down either. Right. I, I gotta I gotta think of something like you know, da, da Vinci didn't start by painting the Mona Lisa. You work I, your way up. You get better over time, and you. you I guarantee you if you listen to the first and second and third episode of Second Shot, yeah. that it's ten times better now than it was then. Are you going back that's, and listened? Have you ever? Oh yeah, I've listened to some before. It's really? better now. Oof, yeah. I mean, it's, like it's the flow, the everything is there, right? And the only right. way to get that done was by what practice. It's true. In a hundred episodes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that newscast <laughs> I posted a while back. I posted one of my newscasts from my very first TV market in uh, Tri Cities, Washington. You posted that? <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. I see that. That's great. It was. It's. It's not polished. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say that. But you're humble. Yeah, you're but really I was excited to be. I was hashtag glad to be there. That's yeah. for yeah. sure. I, I put it. my all into it. Mm. Well, and I wanted to just kind of give a um, just a shout out, kind of acknowledgement here at, at the end. I, I believe that that um, a lot of people that have been following the show know we've been um, building a house now for two years, and we we just have some plumbing laid now. Like it's if if I it has been like seriously, the builder we have said that it is in 30 something years of doing it he's never had a project that was as crazy as this one if we we can't even explain the craziness that it's taken because of the weirdest randomest things come up right we finally get all the stuff going and put down where we finally got all the permits done to where they they got the forms up and they got the plumbing down um and, and here's the thing is it's been two years of a nightmare but the builder we have has been the most awesome person in the world he has it's not been his fault um he, beyond awesome he's beyond honest and just trustworthy just did above and beyond things and, and so he's helped make it so much more pleasurable um and also he 
he knew we were pregnant before our families knew. Oh wow! Because we were about to. Well, we he, thought, we, he we, says that he became a part of our family. Really, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, really, yeah, like sure. we spent so much time with him. And, yeah. and, and we we literally were, because um, we were like a couple weeks away from. We thought porn ground back then, and and um, before other things came up, and so we had to tell him, hey, we need to redo some things and add a nursery here. We we were pregnant, and you know, and and. Um, so we got the plumbing down and all that and then found out Saturday he passed away unexpectedly. And the thing is, is we got uh, Jenny MC the Dallas Art Builders Awards um, this past uh, fall and he won a bunch of awards. And His name is Tom Grieco, by Tom, the way. Tom if Grieco. you're in, in Dallas, many people know of him. He's very well known for his modern home designs. and Because he, he's an and architect and designer, not just builder. Right. An overall amazing yep. human. Um, so we wanted to just mention him and talk about him and the impact he had on our lives and and what a blessing that was to be able to work with somebody on our dream and our vision. And, and just thinking back, like sitting in our living room and talking to Tom and mm-hmm. saying, you know, we have some good news. We need to change the plans. Yeah. You know, we're having a baby. And then, uh, and then uh, his patients through this whole process and dealing with the city of Dallas and, and, uh, and things like that. So he was just an amazing part of our family. It's uh, Greco modern homes is his, company yeah he, he was an amazing he was amazing light in a world of, of uh, and he was a light of trust and a life of, and a light of honesty that that not many people have and and you you see it at like the awards deal where how so many people had so much respect for him there and the awards he won and 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 the goodness talked about him and, and it was super unexpected and um you know praying for him and his family and 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 everybody else was close to him and you know it was it was a shock to us as well and um, you know, but it's another chapter in, in, in our journey here as well. But just wanted to really mention him, thought it was important because he's somebody who, who did have an impact on us and an impact in, in that world that he did and loved so much mm-hmm. and it was Tom Greco. So, um, you know, we're going to we're gonna miss Tom and, and they did get to see the, the vision come light from him all. But, um, you know, um, I know that everybody's kind of reeling from it and, moving and, and really trying to uh, – you know, it's awesome to see the things posted, how many people had a lot of good things to say about him. So, mm-hmm. um, but Great. we'll wrap up this episode on, on, on you know, it's, I, I was like, oh, how can we do this? Because it's not always the highest I note. We're such a positive. Tough, but, but I no, believe but good life. people like, need to be life. recognized yeah. and he deserved to be recognized. And this happened a couple of weeks back now. So um, I just felt like it was important to him be recognized. So where yeah. can they find you, Jenny? JennyAnchando.com, TV, and uh, on Instagram, JennyAnchando. And I have posted a tribute to Tom there on my page, too. Oh, uh, at AppleZackintosh on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com, slash group, slash second shot. Join the conversation. Like, rate, review, share the show. Get involved. Thanks a lot, gang. Uh, Matt Stoker one on Instagram. You can find me hanging out in the uh, Facebook group as well. So give me a shout out. Ed Heath say Ignorance on Fire, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We also got a Second Shot Instagram set up as well. Um, and until next time, we'll see you guys. I love y'all. Bye.